Come on, good morning. I heard, uh, I heard Chris say there's less people in the room, so that means you've got to be twice as loud. I said, good morning. Come on, we just sang a song. Man, the Spirit of God is so real in the house this morning, and I just want to talk about that last song, and they're going to throw the words up for me. They're not ready for that because, you know, your church is, like, fine on production, and you bring, a, you bring somebody in like me, and you don't know where we're going this morning. Pastor's away. I may never get invited back. But, uh, hey, listen, while the leader's away, the rest will play. Come on, somebody. I love this. I love this. I love this lyric in the last song. I can hear the ro- I can hear the thunder in the heavens. I can hear the roar. Sorry, I can hear the roar in the heavens. My Bible tells me that what is released in on earth is released in heaven, and what is bound is released, and what is released is bound. And this morning in this room. For those of you who need something from Jesus, can I tell you, we can make a roar in the atmosphere that shakes hell and awakens heaven to what we need today. So I just wonder, we're just going to go a little wild. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Because I actually believe God wants to do something with this song this morning. We got no music. We got no instruments. We just got our voices and the spirit of God living in us. Come on, somebody. And so listen to me, the Bible says that when we roar, we, we release something in the supernatural. There is a war at stake in the supernatural between good and evil. There, there are powers and principalities at war today over your life, over your family, over your health, over your finances. There is a war at stake. And God has called you to be a warrior for those things. He's called you to stand up and be accounted for, to put your shoulders back, lift your head up, and raise your voice with a mighty cry. So I just wonder on three how loud harvest can be. Now, if you're watching at home, this is not a time for you to sit on the couch with your feet up, push your coffee out of the way, move the coffee table, kick it if you need to, get it out of the way. You need to stand up and claim this at home today. Okay, so on three, I just wonder if we can make a roar in the house. And don't give me like a, don't give me like a, a, a courtesy roar, like, yay. Praise Jesus, we're here at church today. I'm not looking for your courtesy roar, okay? I'm not looking for your Sunday, your, your, your Sunday leftover this morning. I'm looking for you to move hell this morning. I want the devil to know you're awake. So on three, if you could just give your most incredible roar, and just while you roar, I just want you to say, Lord, I'm giving this to you, maybe my finances, maybe my family, maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm giving COVID to you, maybe I'm giving illness to you, maybe I'm giving mental health. I don't know what you're giving this morning, but guess what? God takes it all. That's why he went to, to Jesus and sent him to the cross. So he takes it all. So just on three, if you just give a roar, one, two, three, come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on, let's do this. Come on. Come on, raise a shout of praise. Come on. Come on, raise a shout of praise. Some of you are like, whoa, I didn't know we were allowed to do It's my first time. These people are nuts. Come on. Come on, why don't we just give it to Jesus, Lord, as we look to your word this morning, we give it to you. Come on, we give it all to you. We lay it at your feet. God, whatever we've come with this morning, I'm thankful there's another in the fire. Man, I'm glad you're standing next to me. Lord, I'm glad that, that, Lord, there's a breakthrough for me today. I don't have to leave and pray for a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough for me right now. Lord, the cross was a breakthrough on my behalf. 
Lord, an empty tomb was a breakthrough on my behalf. And so, Lord, today I receive your breakthrough. I receive your hand. I receive all that you've got for me today. In Jesus' name. And somebody shouted. Come on, you can grab a seat. Not bad, Harvest. Well done. So good to be with you today. So I, um, I, uh, I, I, I've got a little boy, and uh, he likes television. Maybe your kids are more spiritual. Maybe your spouse is more spiritual. Uh, but I, my kids, he, he loves TV, and, and I grew up in a day, and I, maybe you grew up like this too. I grew up in a day when you turn the television on, and you had to be present for the show because the show was going to end no matter if you were present or not. And if you grew up like me, you had to time your, your bathroom breaks, your drink refill, and whatever chore it was you were supposed to do before you watched the show to that 30 to 60 second commercial break. Now at the risk of missing the newest, latest, greatest toy that was advertised during that commercial break, the stress was real. You had to make decisions about your life and what you were going to fix your eyes on. So you had to decide in that moment, am I going to miss the commercial and go to the bathroom, or do I, just, do I just mess my pants and enjoy the next commercial? And if you've had kids, you know that sometimes that decision is really difficult, and sometimes they make the wrong decision. And every parent said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son, he watches TV like that, and, and so sometimes he will be like doing the, the, the squirm in the seat. And I'll say, Jacob, Jacob, you can pause that. Like that's called, that's called Netflix. That's called YouTube. That's called Disney Plus or whatever service you're using. And you can just, you can, there's a little button, buddy. You hit that, and it will wait for you. And so sometimes he'll take that advice. And sometimes what you'll see is sometimes he will have forgotten that he can do that. And in dire straits, he will beeline it from the couch to the bathroom. Now, it is high risk. If somebody is in that bathroom, dear Jesus. Because not only in a panic does he run to the door and go, ah! He forgets that just up the flight of stairs, there is another one of those bathrooms. And I'll say, Jacob, just go upstairs. But I need the bathroom. Yes, I know, buddy. But just up those stairs, there's one that's similar. And you're going to find it provides the same experience. And because we're all mature adults, I don't need to explain the experience. So he'll book it upstairs and book it back down to watch his show. But for you and I, we grew up in a day when that wasn't an option. See, we had to get it right. But now we live in this on-demand world. We live in this world where everything is available to us right here, right now, right when we want it. And we can just, we can just pause it, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it on. We, we want to heat something, we throw it in the microwave. We want something now, we throw it in the microwave. If we want it quick, we, get, we go out and pick it up in the drive through window. Fast food used to be amazing until we discovered everything is fast in our lives. And the problem with this isn't that we enjoy all these great, great things. The challenge becomes is that we expect that we have an on-demand God. 
And so what happens is in the natural, we expect the same in the supernatural. So, so we live our lives in such a way that we expect that God should respond to me instantly and immediately when I need him. Because if everything else in my life is on demand, God should be similar to that, like a genie in a bottle. I should be able to, 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 to massage the bottle, and the genie, God should pop out and say, what three things would you like today? Because when I need God, I need him now. But when I don't need him, I prefer he doesn't interrupt my life. God, if I'm not rubbing the bottle, please stay in the bottle. God, if I'm not needing you, please don't interrupt my life. My son Jacob also loves the fact that he can demand snack. Because when you're sitting on the couch and the kitchen is all of 12 feet away, it is unacceptable to expect you might go and get your own snack. But instead, from the couch, he will live in his present situation, watching whatever it is he's watching, and from the couch shout, Mommy! 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 And if mommy's not home, he hears the voice of daddy, Jacob, mommy is not home. And to which daddy, the less loving parent, responds and says, the good Lord gave you two legs and a heartbeat. Now, go and walk in it. Right? Yeah, he loves his mother more, you understand. And so this is our challenge, though. We come to God saying, God, you're on demand. And the challenge with this becomes greater because here's what happens. Here's what happens. We pray to God for something, and it doesn't happen, and we wonder actually where God is. You know, you know how it is. We, we, we prayed for the right relationship, and we ended up in a divorce. We, we prayed for, we prayed for a, a financial struggle, and we still have debt. We, we, we prayed that we, we could have more than, more than anything. We would like this. And God didn't seem to provide. And maybe even as a church family, we prayed for someone to be healed and they died. God, I was rubbing, I, I, I was, I was rubbing the bottle, but you didn't show up. I, I, even, I even did my first 15 in hopes that, God, I could gain some favor with you today because I need you today. Yesterday I would have done it, but I didn't need you. But today, God, Today I need you. And so, so, so we live our lives in this way that we, we hope, we hope that God will, will, will just show up. And, and sometimes what happens is when he doesn't do what we think he should, we actually expect that he's not real, he doesn't exist, or maybe even God doesn't care. Maybe my God that I thought I loved me, maybe he doesn't care as much about me as I thought he did. And maybe, maybe he's a distant, un uncaring, uncompassionate God. And maybe even for those of us who struggle at times, which we all do, maybe even God doesn't exist. Like, what if he's not real? So the question becomes, the question becomes, where do we, where do you and I fit in the narrative? Where do you and I fit in the narrative of God, creation, and humanity? This becomes the question we have to ask ourselves. Where do I fit? 
Because I've got real questions about how God responds, when God answers, and why God answers a certain way. And no matter who we are in the room, whether we're watching online or we're in the room, no matter where we stand on the journey, whether we're a solid faith-filled believer or we're just new to faith having lots of questions, the truth is it's not just about where we are. It's true of all of us. We question at times, God, what are you doing? God, how are you speaking? And I think the first thing we have to understand is that God does not exist to serve us, but instead we exist to serve him. We get it wrong. We get misled. We begin to believe something that isn't true when we believe God exists to serve me. God exists to serve me. No, in fact, we actually exist to serve God. We are not the main character. We are not the main uh, figure. We are not the focal point of the Bible. Jesus is. We are not the, the prime star of Scripture. But in fact, Jesus is. God is the main character from the Old Testament right through to the end of the New Testament. It is about God and God alone. And he sent his son Jesus because in the main character wanted to save the broken and the lost. But it was God who did it all. And it was all at his cost. And so, so what happens is we, 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 begin to, we begin to understand who God is and we begin to understand that, hey, you know what? He's not just this celestial being out there that we, we call on when we need him. He is not just this, this uh, uh, God in a bubble or in a jar that we, that we call on and ask for three wishes in hopes that he might answer one. He, he is not just the, 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 the angel in the sky who if we, if we look at the stars the right night on the right angle at the right time, we might just get them to lie up the way we want, and he might just respond to us. That's not who he is. He does not exist to serve us. In fact, we exist to bring him honor and glory in praise, no matter of our situation. He doesn't say, praise me when you're, when you're feeling good. He says to me, praise me in every season, in every situation, on the highest mountain, in the lowest valley. If you'll just bring me praise while you're there. If you'll just bring me praise while you're there. If you'll just bring me praise Wow, you're there. So the question is, if God is not on demand, who is he? If he's not an on-demand God, if he's not a God who is there when we call on him, as we call on him, when we want him, and we shut him off or pause him, when we've got something else to do, then the question is, who is he? Who is this God? And how do I understand him in my own personal life how do I understand him when my family's suffering? How do I understand him when my relationship's failing? How do I understand him when my finances are broken? And how do I understand him when COVID seems to have taken somebody I love? How do I understand him when I'm frustrated by the rules? How do I understand him when I can't get the promotion? How do I understand him when my job has been lost? And how do I understand him when it feels like, when it feels like everything is going the wrong direction? Can I give you a hint that's not in the notes this morning? You're gonna wanna write this down. Feelings lie. Just write that down. That might be the most breakthrough moment you have this morning. Well, I feel that, yeah, feelings lie. Your feelings are most likely wrong. If I eat too much pizza, I have a feeling. Yeah, some of you do too, huh? Yeah. If, if I drink too much coffee, I get a feeling. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, feelings lie, don't they? He's not a feelings God. 
He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our redeemer and he's our soon coming king. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And I, it wasn't a feeling, it was a decision moment. Aren't you glad he didn't do it based on feelings? He's not a feeling God. So who is he? Who is he? If, if he's not an on-demand feeling God, who is he? I want, I want to give you three things that he is today. The first thing is God, God's heart is always loving. He's an always loving God. There, there, there is never a time, there, there, is, there is never a time God did not, does not, or will not love you. That's so important to know. Because love conquers fear. And so if I know God loves me, I can conquer fear with his love that resides inside of me. If I know he loves me. This, this applies in our parenting style too for those who are parents or were parents or are thinking about being parents or, or trying to be parents or, or, or you know what, see parents and know why you don't want to be one, whatever the case might be. But this applies to parenting too. You know how it is. You'll say to your son or your daughter over and over again, you really ought to start your homework. You really ought to start your homework. This is at noon. You really ought to start your homework. Then at 2 o'clock, you really ought to start your homework. Then at 3 o'clock, you really ought to. You know what? You need to do your homework. And then as a parent, you go, you know what? I'm done with this. I've told them 7,000 times because we don't exaggerate. Right? And then at 10 o'clock at night, your, your son or daughter says, Mom, Dad, can you help me with my homework? And you say, nope. And your kid responds to you and says this. They say, what? You don't love me? Don't you care about me? Yes, I love you enough to teach you that I am not an on-demand parent who responds to your need just because you've decided to make it your need now. I loved you so much that I told you at noon, I told you at two, I told you at three, and I loved you so much that I stopped telling you. That's how much I love you. Come on, somebody, that's how much I love you. And so I'm going to wait here. I'm going to let you live in the struggle, not because my love has gone away from you, not because I don't love you anymore, not because I don't see you in your need, not because I don't realize you have a need. Don't worry. As a parent, although I'm not going to help you in this moment, I'm going to keep my eye on you so nothing happens to you. I'm going to ensure you're safe, but I'm not an on-demand parent. Because I'm smart enough to know that if I love, if I love you enough to struggle and let you struggle in this situation. You'll be stronger and smarter on the other side because you've been through the struggle. How many people know that sometimes God allows us to go through the struggle because he allows us and he loves us and it's his love that allows us he didn't stop loving us. He didn't take his eyes off of us. He didn't, he didn't pull back or retract from us as if to suggest, I don't love you and care for you. You've made a mistake, and so I'm going to separate myself from you. No, in fact, he says, while you're in your struggle, I'll stand with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's an always loving kind of God. He's always there for us. He's always for us. He's always celebrating us. He's always watching over us. His hand is always on us. I love this uh, text in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 35, and then 37 to 39. It says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or even nakedness or danger or sword? <laughs> that verse kind of seems a little dated because, I mean, I don't think we really have a problem with nakedness. Look around the room. Thankfully, everybody came dressed. We don't know what you're doing at home. 
but thankfully everybody, so we don't really have a problem with nakedness, and I don't think anybody brought a sword. But, but what if we were to change the text? What if we were to change the text so that it worked for us? Let me, let me change it. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Financial trouble? Unemployment? Cancer? Relationship breakdowns or depression? No, no, no. It goes on to say, no, in all of these things we are more than conquerors. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm more than a conqueror and so are you. Come on, I'm more than a conqueror and so are you. Through him who loved us, because love conquers, friends. Love conquers, for I am convinced, I love how Paul says it here, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all of creation, oh, he sees it all, friends, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I, I just come to tell somebody today, you are more than a conqueror because God loves you today. Come on, you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror because somebody, somebody sent his son Jesus, our, our, our creator, God sent his son Jesus to die for you so that today in 2022 with a mask on, with a mask off, with COVID in your family, without COVID in your family, with a job, without a job, with finances, without finances, with a relationship, without a relationship, with kids, without kids, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on, conquerors, give them praise today. You are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. Oh, you didn't, just, you didn't just experience the win of the battle, but you are ultimately the winner of every battle because he's inside of you. You are more than a conqueror. You didn't just win the battle, he's won the war on your behalf today. You're more than a conqueror. Come on. Come on, you're more than a conqueror. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. You're more than, more than. Your life is not just the sum of all the bad decisions you made, but your life is the sum of the cross of Jesus Christ and an empty grave that says you're more than a conqueror today. Come on. You're more than a conqueror. He loves you that much. The second thing that if, if he's not an on-demand God, who is he? Then, then The next thing you, know, you need to know about the God that we serve is his ways are always higher. His ways are always higher. He's a God whose ways are always higher higher. And I don't know how to say this because I've never walked through it myself, but I've walked with people who have walked through it. His ways are higher when I have a child who's born with a deformity. His ways are higher when I don't get the promotion or the job. His ways are higher when my, when, my, when, my, when my life isn't going the way I thought it would. His ways are higher when I lose a family member unexpectedly. His ways are higher when it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. I don't know about you, but I was cool with COVID in 2019. I got mad about it in 2020. In 2021, I decided I was gonna have a good attitude because it was almost over in my mind. And in 2022, I have to remind myself that his ways are higher. Mm. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Because I had a good attitude in 2019. I was cranky as all get out. Then I got over it. 
And in 2022, I'm reminding myself his ways are higher. I can't see what he's doing, but that doesn't mean he's not doing something good. Let me just say that again. I can't see what he's doing, but that doesn't mean he's not doing something good. And you say, how do you know he's not doing something good? Because I'm more than a conqueror, so if I've lived this long, he's got a plan for me, and he's got something better than what I got right now. I just got to wait for his timing, and he'll reveal it, and I can see that his hand is still good. I don't know it right now. I can't see what he's doing. I don't understand it, but I know that he's a good God, and I know that love conquers fear. And I know that he loves me. So I don't have to fear tomorrow because he holds tomorrow in his hand. Come on, somebody. He holds tomorrow. He holds my job. He holds my family. He holds my finances. He holds my future. He holds my kids. He holds my strained relationships. He holds my broken relationships. He holds everything in the palm of his hand. I'm in good hands today, and so are you. His ways are always higher. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, thank you, Jesus. Neither are my ways, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts more than your thoughts. Aren't you glad he doesn't think like us? Aren't you glad he's not a feelings kind of God? Aren't you glad that he's got a plan? And regardless of what happens around me, the God who is above me and who is for me and who walks with me and who walks beside me, he's got a plan. And no matter what happens around me, he's going to be in control. And I might be in the bottom of the very deepest valley, but he's taking me to the tops of the highest mountain. I just got to hold his hand and hold on tight. Come on, somebody. So I trust God in that. I trust God in that. His ways are always higher. I can't see it. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why people have to die of COVID. I don't know why we have to wear masks. I don't know why we're still stuck with this stupid phenomenal uh, pandemic thing. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I could have a bad attitude about it. You give me 10 more seconds to talk about it, and I will be there. But then I turn my eyes on Jesus and I'm reminded that I'm more than a conqueror because he defeated death, hell, and the grave and my God's coming back again. He's gonna arrive back and take me home and so this is all gonna pass away and behold, everything's gonna become new and someday I'm gonna worship around the throne room of God and there will be no COVID, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no disease. There'll just be me and Jesus because he's promised it for me and I'm more than a conqueror in him. Come on, somebody. So I can hold on to that. I can hold on to that. I can hold on to that. So not only are his ways higher, but the last thing is God's presence is always enough. It's always enough. I love how Paul would say it all through the New Testament, second half of your Bible. He writes two-thirds of it. Paul would say it this way. If I were to translate it into kind of a, a, a recap of what Paul would say, he'd say, don't worry what will happen to me because God is with me. Don't, don't worry about what's going to happen to me because God is with me. What Paul knew, what you know, what I know, what we need to continually remember is that God is not just liking me and loving me from a distance, but he is for me and he surrounds me. He walks in front of me. He stands beside me. He protects, puts a covering around me and he holds me in the palm of his hand. His presence is enough. Old Testament, when they went into battle, they sent the worshipers first because they knew, they knew, regardless of what was coming towards them, if they sent the worshipers first, they would set the atmosphere, and the atmosphere of worship will always confuse the enemy. Let me just say that again. The atmosphere of worship will always confuse the enemy. 
and we're going to win the battle. Paul knew it. The Old Testament knew it. The kings knew it. They would send worshipers first because they knew if God's presence would go before us, we got nothing to fear. If God's presence is with me when I go for the job interview, I got nothing to fear. If I get up in the morning and I do my first 15 and I establish God's presence in my life today and surrender everything I do today to God Almighty, if I'll just surrender it in my first 15, my next 12 hours are gonna be in the palm of his hand and I can trust no matter whether I turn to the left or the right, he'll be there for me and I don't have to fear what's coming at me today because God's already there. He's a way maker. He's arrived on the scene and he's gonna be there when I get there, and he's already made a way. I don't have to worry about what's coming to me next because I know the God who's walking in front of me. His presence is enough. I can trust his presence. I can trust his hand. Psalm 23, you know the text. says this in verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, the darkest valley, I will not fear for you are with me. In my darkest moment, in my most troubling time, I can find assurance and hope that God is with me. He, he's a way maker. He's already there. Listen to me, friend. You're watching at home today. You're in the room today, and you're facing something this week. Can I tell you what you're facing this week? God's already, God's already prepared the way for it. And you can walk into that situation, you can walk into that circumstance, you can walk into that decision with fear saying, I don't know how this is gonna work out, this could go really bad, this might even be my fault, but I, I, I can walk into it saying all those things, or I can walk into that situation saying, God, I thank you that as I walk into the situation today, as I walk in this, in this moment today, as I walk through this troubling time today, as I face this meeting this week, as I go to this job interview, as I, as I reach out to that family member, as I deal with this loss, as Whatever it is, as I do it today, God, I thank you that your presence goes before me and you've already made a way in the wilderness and I'm gonna be able to walk. I'm gonna be able to walk in the comfort, the peace, and the knowledge, God, that you have not left me, you have not forsaken me, and you have not given up on me, but God, you go before me today and when I get in the midst of the battle, when I get in the midst of the situation, I'm just gonna give you praise all the way through it and I'm gonna let you figure it out for me today. God, I worship you. God, I give you praise. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let a roar out in my spirit today because when I do it on earth, it's, it's released in heaven and I need the heavens to roar today. Come on, I, I, I need the throne room of God to roar today on my behalf. I, I, I need to remind myself today there is another in the fire. There's another one standing next to me. I'm not going in alone. I'm thankful that there's another one walking in with me today. Oh, I might look nervous. I might look timid. I may look like I'm unsure of how this is gonna go, but I'm coming in with somebody who's already planned for it, who's prepared for it, and has never lost the battle yet, so I'm sure to win because he's on my side. You can't see him, but you're gonna see how he works because his presence is here. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. As we conclude this morning and the worship team's coming and getting ready to lead us in another song, I just want you to think about that. I want, I want you to hold on to who God is today. God didn't do what I wanted when I wanted because he's not an on-demand God. God didn't seem to do it how I wanted, the way I thought he would because he's not an on-demand God. You can't rub the bottle and make three wishes and hope one of them comes through. He's not an on-demand God. 
You, you mean God doesn't do everything we want? That's right. He, 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 he doesn't always do it the way we want? No, he doesn't. But he always does it well. And he always does it in his perfect timing. And he always does it with, 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 with loving you as his first priority. And he always does it because he wants to see you to lean on him so you can see his hand at work. He does it so that you'll be focused on him. He does it so you'll be reminded you can't do it on your own. He does it so that you'll, you'll praise him no matter where you are. And that way when you praise him in the battle, you'll, you'll celebrate him on the mountaintop. He's got you. You're more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, say it with some, say it with some, oath. I'm more than a conqueror. Look at your neighbor, I'm more than a conqueror. Look at your neighbor that you don't like as much and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Right, I'm more than a conqueror. It's who I am. Oh, I know my situation doesn't look like it, but I know who I am. An empty tomb reminds me that I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, an empty tomb reminds me that I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, it looked like I lost my battle on the cross, but when I went to the tomb three days later and they discovered nobody expected nobody in the tomb, when they went there and the stone was rolled and the tomb was empty, it sealed, it confirmed, and it delivered. I'm more than a conqueror today because the tomb's still empty and I'm still more than a conqueror. It's true. It's true, you're more than a conqueror today. Would you stand with me, church? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that in this room, that in this room, there are, there are, there are conquerors. There are people who've won some battles. There are people who've been through some trials and they've come out the other side. But in this room, beside conquerors, there are, there are faith-filled people of God who are more than conquerors. They just didn't win by mistake, by chance, or by coincidence. These are people who said, God, I'm going to trust you. And I've seen it through. I've seen the healing of the Lord. I've seen the provision of God. I've seen, I've seen manna when there was no provision. You provided it for me. When I was lost, you made a way. When I was broken, you brought healing. When I should have been dead, you brought me life. I'm more than a conqueror today. If it hadn't have been for Jesus, where would I be? And so, God, I thank you for those more than conquerors. Thank you, God, that right now it, 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 in their personal lives, they're, they're, they're thanking you for the battle they're going to face. And they're praising you before they get there. For those who are facing a situation or a circumstance this week or last week, or, or maybe there's something coming up you're, you're fearful of, can I tell you, love conquers all fear today. You can receive the love of Jesus today. You can receive God's love today. Maybe you're in the room with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today. Nobody looking around just for a second. Maybe you're in the room and you say, you know what? I need to know that love conquering power of Jesus in my life. And I need, to, I, need to know, I need to know in my personal life that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross and rose from a grave so that I could be more than a conqueror because I'm tired of trying. I'm exhausted from the battle. I don't seem to be winning and I've tried everything else. But today, in this moment, at harvest at the 9.15 a.m. service, I want to give my life to Jesus because this is going to be the best decision of my life today. 
Maybe you're in the room and that's you and say, you know what, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm going to be more than a conqueror. I'm going to allow the God to come and work in my heart and my life. And I'm, it's going to be a changing day for me today. I wonder across the room with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would there be somebody who'd raise their hand up holy and go today, count me in, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life today. I, I'm accepting Christ. I'm inviting Jesus to come into my life. I want to be more than a conqueror. Can you raise your hand right now across the auditorium? So would there be anyone? Come on. Amen. Man, thank you. At home, you can respond in the chat. You can say, I'm making the best decision ever. You can private message. You can celebrate. Come on, Harvest, let's celebrate that. Father God, I thank you that you are with us, you are for us. God, that you love us so much. And God, you promise to always be with us. God, we are your people who are called by your name, and we are more than conquerors today in Jesus' name. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Between there'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters holding back the sea. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died. It's always hard to finish a service, but what a great day it has been at Harvest this morning. Thank you for coming and showing up and being here. Have a great week. Make sure you block Wednesday off, and we hope to see you here.